You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Rocks podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. I'm here with my co-host, McQuaid Arnold. McQuaid, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to be back, and uh, this is it's kind of ramping up. Things there's, there's things to talk about again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we had uh, family night this past weekend, and then we've got a first preseason game coming up uh, this Friday, I believe. Um, so we're going to kind of discuss that the family night a little bit, um, go over some more positional reviews, kind of some uh, camp battles to watch, um, and then cover the Packers' first unofficial depth chart that just came out earlier today. Um, but first, as I mentioned, family night, obviously, it's it's essentially a practice, but open to the public a little bit more. So there's a, there's a little – it's interesting to see in a little more detail what's going on, especially you know if you're able to get access to a broadcast and then that sort of thing. So, McQuay, just – Run over a couple couple thoughts that kind of popped up, you know, whether it was while you were watching the Family Night broadcast, if you're able to watch it, or if you're reading tweets and reporting about it afterwards, and just, yeah, just some, some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, it's, it's cool to see the stands once again packed for, for, for Family Night, this type of yeah. thing. Happens every year, it's super cool to see. Um but yeah, I, I think it was it was a lot a really interesting scene because um, when, when you're watching it, it kind of wrote or... or uh, rotates from camera to camera so so you're not watching everything all at once but uh from what the camera gave us and then also like you said live tweeting um Samari Toure he, he made a name for himself during yeah. practice he made some plays um the the Darnell Savage injury is kind of a concern we you know with no long-term effects um or no long-term you know issues they think as of right now they being the Packers but that was definitely something that we saw on the field, he was holding his helmet, and then he just walked off the field, and, and we didn't see him again, at least in practicing capacity. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Dubs is still <laughs> Hall, of Fame, Hall of Fame bound. Yep. You know? yep. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we saw Alan Lazard. You know, Alan Lazard do you know kind of stepping up into that. I think we saw it from from a, a fan perspective for the first time, at least on a more than just two you know twenty second Twitter. Uh, video clip of, of him being a leader of that wide receiving room. He went up and made that contested catch against J- Jair Alexander, which we all saw. Um, but just seeing him out there, seeing his r- rapport with twelve, um, I think it was I think it was really cool to see the family night and and the team interact and and uh, no no mega new, uh, injury news uh, obviously, which is what you want. Um, but I thought that was really cool. We saw a lot of people step up. Uh, I think I think Samari Toure. And even Jordan Love, he uh, yeah. he played well. Um, so I think there, there's some, some names that are kind of slowly creeping out and things like Family Minute help us uh, identify those people. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, just you know, we hear all these tweets about how the Packers team activities are how are going. You know, who's playing, what the new players look like. But it, it really hits different when you see them, you know, on your TV screen in Lambeau with the yep. crowd out there. Um, yeah. A couple of things that kind of were interesting to me, like you mentioned, Darnell Savage went out with an injury. Um, I found it really interesting that Vernon Scott was the next guy up for him. Um, and it sounds like it's been the same way these last couple of practices after family night. Because um, we kind of assumed, you know, Sean Davis, from all accounts, was the, the next guy in OTAs. And so it seems like there's been a shift kind of out of the blue with Vernon Scott stepping into that backup role. And so it'll be interesting to see if that continues preseason. Sounds like Savage probably will not play this next preseason game. I'm not sure how many starters will play. I doubt many will. Um, Matt LaFour has generally been pretty pretty conservative about holding his guys back. Um, but that's a, definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. I love seeing what the defensive line did, just going back. Even going back uh, like yesterday night and re-watching what I, some of the stuff I recorded, the defensive line was just wrecking stuff, man. They were you mm. know, closing gaps. They were rushing the pass or getting quick pressure. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, obviously there's, you know, quality of competition. They were in some cases going up against Green Bay's backup offensive linemen. And so that's obviously, you know, maybe not the highest level of competition, though I think we like a lot of the backups that the Packers have. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see them in preseason as well, just see what they can do against uh, outside opponents, opponents that they are unfamiliar with and that are unfamiliar with them. I think that's a really good point about the safety. Um, not only is is Vernon Scott number two or three safety right now, but Innis Gaines is yeah. on the on the depth chart ahead of Tyler Davis or Sean Davis. Tyler Davis. That's um, Sean Davis. Sean Davis. So yeah, that's just very good point. And then to piggyback, Jaron Reed, first time I think all all camps we we have seen him just pop absolutely pop off the screen. I think he did today too at practice. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems like ever since pads started coming on, Jaron Reed and the defensive yeah. line as a whole has really been taking a step up. It sounds like, you know, even today, the practice that they held, they were just – Jaron Reed and the guys around him were just destroying stuff. So, you'll love to see it. you love to see um, it. Especially with how Green Bay is probably going to be leaning on their defense. Uh, but – the, the some of the one of the other subjects we're going to talk to, about today is uh, position reviews for wide receiver and tight end. Um, I was kind of looking at the the depth chart, and for as much consternation and discussion as happened around the Packers receiving core, there's not a whole lot that's in flux, right? There's they've kind of got a lot of their guys at certain positions, and there aren't a lot of position there aren't a lot of spots up for grabs for for the backups. So. Kind of the guys at wide receiver that I penciled in are pretty much locks to make the roster, in my opinion. Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, uh, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dubs, and then Christian Watson. I think are the the main five. I would I would throw Amari Rogers in there as well. I don't think there's a serious chance that he gets cut at this point in his career. You know, obviously, and it sounds like he's been performing pretty well uh, in, in the offseason activities. Um, so. I'm pretty pretty optimistic about him making the roster. Um, after that, I mean, that's six wide receivers. That that's a you know the Packers don't often carry. Well, I actually haven't looked at that a whole lot, but from what I remember, the the whether or not they keep seven receivers is kind of up in the air. Like they haven't always done that in the past, and so with those six kind of as blocks, I'm really interested to see who if anyone makes a big enough splash to take that seventh spot. Um, and just to kind of go over the rest of the wide receivers on the roster who are kind of fighting for that seventh spot, we've got Danny Davis, Ishmael Hyman, 
Osiris Mitchell, Malik Taylor, Samari Toure, who you mentioned, and Jawan Winfrey. So that's a that's a lot of competition for probably just one more roster spot. Yeah, so I, I'm you you're hundred percent correct. Never during the Matt LaFleur era has um a has he taken seven wide receivers onto the fifty three man roster week one, right? Um so and I, I but I do like you said, I do believe this is the year that, that happens. I think that the six top you mentioned are obviously locks and then I think that Samara Toure plays himself onto the roster for special teams. Um, however, side note, right, that could change if Rico Gafford continues to do his thing at cornerback position and then also offers what he offers at, in, on special teams. Rico Gafford, who is cornerback, you know, four or five or six right now, could be the reason why there isn't a wide receiver seven. Uh, yeah. So just, I'll throw that out there. But however, I do think that, uh, you know, Samari Toure or Juan Winfrey, either one of the two. I mean, every year, Juan Winfrey is going to the Hall of Fame <laughs> in, during training camp. You know what I mean? And then yeah. and then we, they put pads on, or preseason happens, and it's not the same. So, uh, it, you know, it's going to be a battle, I think, between one of those two to, to make the roster. Um, and I think that this is the year that we, we take seven. And I think that also that can happen is because we are so top-heavy other positions Inside linebacker, we're solid at. Defensive line, we're solid at, right, at the top. Cornerback even, we're solid at the top. So those having those positions, having such top-heavy talent at some of the other positions may afford them or allow them to not carry one extra player at that position. Yeah, and, and I I, th- I think I agree with you. You know, Jawan, for, Jawan Winfrey and Samari Toure kind of seem like the main two who are battling for that last spot. And it, yep. given his recent performance at Family Night, um, seems like Toure kind of has the edge. Obviously, he's still got all the preseason games to play, still got a lot of camp left to go. Um, but it seems like he's kind of edging out Jawan Winfrey a little bit. Um, and there's also, you know, like you mentioned, special teams. If you know, Toure is able to contribute more on special teams, even if he's not necessarily as polished a receiver in his rookie year as Jawan Winfrey would be. The Packers may decide to keep him, especially with the emphasis Rich Passaccia is bringing to that unit. Yeah. Um, a, a couple guys, it sounds like Danny Davis, uh, Wisconsin product. Um, <laughs> he has been making some, some impressive plays in, in camp. And so I think that he, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. From what I remember, he could make a push for the practice squad, even if he sounds, from all accounts, it sounds pretty unlikely that there's a chance for him to make the roster. Um, other than that, I mean, it kind of sucks for Malik Taylor. He's obviously been on the roster. Practice squad kind of bouncing back and forth the last couple of years, been on special teams. Um, but with, you know, he's been struggling with an injury up until this point in camp. He's kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. The the other guys are not. Um, the other guys have kind of stepped up, uh, specifically like we mentioned, Winfrey and Toure. And they're they're taking taking up some of those snaps. Um, so that's obviously a battle everyone's going to be interested in. Um, I think the special teams, like you mentioned, they especially with like guys like Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard out there, who are kind of veterans who aren't going to necessarily contribute a lot on special teams. Um, they kind of need some, they need those contributions from like the back end of the wide receiver, a depth chart. Yeah. And, and, and I know we keep bringing it up, but it's really like who, who really is able to step up on that, on the, the special teams side of the ball, uh, not even just returning kicks or being the return guys, being the gunner, you know what I mean? Uh, being the guys running down the field on the kickoff returns or punt returns, that's going to be someone 
that they're looking for it. And that's why, and that's why I, I go, go back to it again. I think Rico Gafford could be the key as to Green Bay only having six wide receivers on the roster. Um, so it's going to be real, real fun to watch that play out during preseason. Yeah. And, you know, Gafford actually was a wide receiver before converting to a quarter yep. with the Packers. And <laughs> actually, I was looking up his stats the other night, and apparently he caught like a 50 yard touchdown with the Raiders in 2018 or something. Yeah. Like, like he's so, been a wide receiver, yeah. like the, the pro, like the pro level. Like he's not yeah. new to it. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So maybe they can use him as a two way player to fill out that wide receiver depth chart. Yep. Um, uh, another another position, the, the other one we're going to talk about, tight end, is kind of in a similar situation. You've got the top couple guys who are pretty much locks to make the roster, and then you've got a fair number of guys who are fighting for just a spot or two. Um, the top three kind of obvious names, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and Robert Tunyon. I think those are the guys that are going to be the main starters. Obviously, Tunyon could easily start on the PUP, so you could have... Mercedes, DeGuara, and then two others. Um, looking at the guys on the roster, uh, I think kind of in the guys in the next tier are Tyler Davis and Dominique Daphne. Both of them have, you know, especially Tyler Davis have drawn praise from the coaching staff in this offseason. Um, Daphne has, you know, shown some interesting stuff on the field. He's been able to get out there with the starters uh, in past seasons. Um, so he's obviously an interesting name. And then behind them, you've got Sal Canella, who played in the USFL, recently signed with Packers, and then you've got Elise Mack. So I think that if I had to guess, it'd probably be Mercedes, DeGuara, and then Tyler Davis and Daphne to start the year. And then once Tunyon comes back, I kind of feel like unless there's an injury to DeGuara, Tyler Davis is going to be that fourth tight end just because I think they like his inline blocking ability. DeGuara can kind of do the fullback stuff that they need. Um, and I just think that, that, that Tyler Davis is something that, someone that they really like. Yeah, so I think that this is the, this is the year that uh, Green Bay they, – they, they've been very vocal about the fact that they like what they have in Tyler Davis. They, they, they do. So, you know, this, this Tyler or this uh, uh, Robert Tanya injury, maybe not ready for week one type thing, might be a blessing in disguise for Green Bay just to at least evaluate the talent that, that is there for, for Tyler Davis. Um, but we're going to see Green Bay, you know, either find one of these guys on the roster as the long-term possible answer for the tight end position, or they're going to completely blow it up. You know what I mean? Mercedes Lewis, he's year to year at best. You know what I mean? He still, he says he wants to keep playing, but any year could be his last year. Um, Robert Tanya's back on a one-year deal. Tyler Davis is still on his rookie deal. Um, none of the, all three of those guys we just mentioned could not be here next year. And it would not surprise me. With that being said, though, if that is the case, they're going to probably invest some heavy resources next offseason into the position, whether that be trade, whether that be through the draft, what have you. Um, you know, they, they, we have not been able to, to lock down a long-term tight end or yeah, tight end solution for quite some time. And, and um, you know, I think that that's Green Bay is successful when it comes to using – when Green Bay is successful, there's often a tight end involved. Um, and, and I think that if it doesn't happen this year, Green Bay has got to commit to, to finding one next year. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up a good point with Tyler Davis kind of potentially being a, an option for the future, right? The Packers, mm -hmm. this is something that Ben Fennell, who's an analyst, he's written for the athletics and some other, some other, uh, outlets. Um, he's mentioned that the Packers really haven't had a guy like Mercedes Lewis to back him up, right? They've got yep. lucky with Mercedes health. Like he stayed healthy for the most part when he's been with them. But they haven't really had a guy who can, you know, 
sit in line and block a defensive end in the run game like like Mercedes can. And I'm not saying Tyler Davis is going to be that caliber of blocker right now, but he has, I think, shown in the past that he can play play in that that type of role. And so I think that, like you mentioned, with Mercedes getting up there in age, it, that's a pretty important position in the Packers offense that like where they like to run the ball quite a bit. Um, I think that Tyler Davis, I think that they will try to keep him on the roster just both for current current purposes and for the future. I'm yeah, I think that yeah, and yeah, go, going back to it, you know, if Tyler Davis, you know, if Tyler Davis shows out, you know, with the first couple of weeks or whatever, you know, he just might be the starter for the rest of the season outside, obviously, outside of Mercedes Lewis. And then Robert Tanya is just gonna have to fill in when he when he can. This is this is this is a real, real opportunity for Tyler Davis. And I know we're kind of skipping over Josiah DeGuara, and I don't mean to do that because he's still he's still got talent, he's still potential on this offense uh I, I just i think for some fans we've seen enough to know that he's not the long-term guy but um these first few weeks you know green bay is going to be utilizing the tight end all, all all season long because they i think they have to you know at yeah. this point i'm with the loss of Devonte, just spreading the ball out as much as possible and, and we're going to see him got opportunities yeah for sure for sure um and so what what we're going to do in a moment here uh we've what we've done with these position reviews the last couple weeks really months um is give some of our bold predictions um but before we do that i'm actually going to um do a quick uh ad break here so i want to tell you about an exciting opportunity uh we recently welcomed pristine auction as a sponsor to our podcast they're giving and they're giving away a signed Quay Walker jersey. So pristineauction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia site with an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. Auctions on pristineauction.com start at just one dollar, and each day there are over one thousand autograph items available, so you can win signed, authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for one hundred and ten dollars. Deals like this are happening all the time on pristineauction.com. And they have just about every player you could want, including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code ROGERS when you sign up. Again, that's pristineauction.com. Use code ROGERS and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Quay Walker jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using the code ROGERS. There's no purchase necessary to enter. It's literally a free chance at an autographed Quay Walker jersey. So, I mean, what do you have to lose? All you have to do is sign up on their website using the registration code ROGERS to be entered. Links are going to be in the description of this podcast episode. Uh, You can sign up there. Again, that's pristineauction.com. All right, we'll be right back after some more ads from our sponsors. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, so as I mentioned, McQuaid, so we're going to go ahead and get back into our bold predictions here. What So bold predictions for wide receivers. Obviously, with Devontae gone, there's going to be a lot of volume available for the wide receivers. Um, and uh, there's going to be, like like I said, there, there's going to be chances for some of those wide receivers to um, really, really step up. So my bold prediction for the wide receivers, just looking at, you know, obviously it's a little – a little bit out there since rookie receivers haven't always been um, been productive in the Packers' offense, especially under Aaron Rodgers. Right? He said this offseason that he prefers protection over uh, potential, and so that that might mean that uh, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, some of those guys receive more targets from him. But I'm going to go with a bold prediction. I'm going to say that Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson combined get over 1,500 yards. So. I, whether that's, you know, 800 for one, 700 from another, 750 for each, 1,000 for one, 500 for another. It, wh- however it shakes out, I'm, I'm just predicting that they t- combined get 1,500 yards. Um, McQuaid, when you're looking at the wide receiver room, what are some bold predictions that you had for uh, how they're going to perform this upcoming season? So my, uh, my bold prediction for um, wide receiver is probably one of my favorites to do um, is – Alan Lazard getting true wide receiver one numbers and and there is a reason behind it right so last year Devonta Adams had 169 targets uh, with 100 and I think it was 40 something receptions 130 receptions no I think it was 123 excuse me 123 receptions and then you know 1500 yards whatever it was right At last year Alan Lazard had 60 receptions excuse me 40 receptions on 60 targets right and at the end of the year with I think with 500 receiving yards and eight touchdowns or something like that, you give Alan Lazard triple, almost triple of the amount of targets he had last year, and you're going to see his production increase at least double, right? So Alan Lazard goes from 60 targets to 180 targets, which would just be 11 shy of what Devonta Adams had last year, right? Then you bring his, 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 his stats from 500 yards and eight touchdowns up to 1,200, 1,500 yards receiving, and then he had eight touchdowns last year. I'm going to give him four more. I'm going to give him 12. So that's my bold prediction. I'm thinking 1,512 touchdowns for, for Alan Lazard simply yeah. based on his his workload, his 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 targets last year and then what right. he did with those targets. He, Devonta Adams literally tripled the amount of targets that Alan Lazard had last year, and if Alan Lazard gets even 75 80% of the, that amount of targets, 
he will produce wide receiver one numbers, in my opinion. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, if he can step up. Because in the past, you know, there's been times, especially, you know, thinking back to the Saints game in 2020, some of the other instances where the other Packers wide receivers have been out with injury. If he really looked like a star wide receiver, like a top-end wide receiver. Um, and so, but a lot of those were derailed, whether by game plan, injury, usually it's been injury in the past. Um, but like you mentioned, yeah, it'll, it'll be super interesting to see how much he can step up, how much Rogers going to, is going to direct volume to him, how much he could win against the top corners with Devante gone. Um, that's, that's a good one. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to, to see how that, how that, how that works out. Uh, moving on to tight ends. Um, what what were some bold predictions you had for that position group? Uh, so I mean, back to to you know what, what we kind of talked about with with Robert or uh, Alan Lazard and his targets. I think similar things happens with Robert Tanyan. Uh, I think that he comes back. You know, whether it be week eight, week four, whatever it is, he comes back and um, challenges his own tight end record of eleven touchdowns in twenty twenty. Um, I don't know if he gets there because of you know he's be playing less games. However, there there is one more total overall game this year, um, yeah. So that, that that does bode for you know for him bode well for him. But uh, I think that that Robert Tanyan comes back healthy and and is a true tight end one, puts up you know eight hundred yards receiving uh, or in that area, and healthy you know eight to ten touchdown range, and and Green Bay inks him to a a long term contract after the season. What we saw Robert Tanyan do in in twenty twenty wasn't a fluke I don't think he it was legit talent on the field and he was producing right. at a high level I think and I even though last year started out rough for him I think he got injured literally 50 percent uh, at the 50 percent mark of the season and I think so yeah and he only had like 220 receiving yards at the time and like one or two touchdowns like it was a very pedestrian start to the year however I do think that, that changes this year and I think that Robert Tanyan uh shows that 2020 wasn't a fluke yeah that's a, that's a good one um it's gonna be they, it'll be interesting, you know, if that happens, like if Lazard and Tanyan can put up those big numbers, um, I'm wondering how much like they're being used like in the red zone, right? Because they're two giant guys, you know, they have decent contested catch ability, decent hands. And so, you know, the, the I wonder if the Packers could rely on them. You know, we, we all wanted them to pound the ball with A.J. Dillon at the goal line, but they've also got those giant guys, guys who can catch the ball really well. So that'll be, that, that could be an interesting combination. I think that Aaron Jones... AJ Dillon and the tight ends are going to be the three most utilized weapons in the red zone. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially, you know, if they get into those run heavy formations. Speaking of run heavy formations, my bold prediction is for Josiah DeGuara. I think that the Packers, they're going to want to get into like 21 personnel more, you know, I formation, a little bit old school, a little bit more, you know, running the ball, getting into some of the outside zone stuff that guys like Kyle Shanahan have used. Um, but I, my bold prediction for Josiah DeGuar is he's going to get on the field and he's going to catch a, a total of 10 touchdowns for this season. I mean, obviously he's never gotten close to that so far in his career, but this is year three. He had a slow start because of injury and just the, the dude is just super talented, right? We saw last year he had that 60-yard catch and run on the screen from Jordan Love at the end of the year, right? He, he's got all the physical tools. He just needs to put it together, just needs to build some trust with Rodgers, and I think that this year could be the year he does that and starts racking up some numbers. 
Hey, they call it bow prediction for a reason, right? Josiah <laughs> got 10 touchdowns. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. That that might be the one of the biggest jumps from any player on the roster uh, if that happens. Um, so that's that's kind of the wide receivers and tight ends. Um, like we kind of mentioned, there's, there's just basically one or two spots that are up for grabs in those position rooms, despite all the, you know, talking that's gone on in national media about how the Packers need to sign Julio Jones or whatever. Um, it, it would be, I, I think that right now the wide, the Packers like the wide receivers and receivers in general, they like what they've got. Um, obviously there's you know, an addition they really, really like, they could do that, but I, I think they're pretty happy where they are now. Um, speaking of the position battles, depth battles, whatever you want to call it, the Packers released their first unofficial depth chart today. Um, so we're going to just go over that, maybe talk over a couple surprises on, on the depth chart. We kind of did that a little bit with guys like Fern and Scott. Um, but I will go ahead and I'll read that off real quick. So starting on offense, first team offense, wide receiver, the top three wide receivers are Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. Obviously QBs Aaron Rodgers, running backs Aaron Jones. Starting offensive line is Josh Nijman, John Runyon, Josh Myers. Right guard Josh or Jake Hansen, which is kind of interesting. Right tackle Royce Newman, and then tight end Mercedes Lewis. Second team offense is Jawan Winfrey, Romeo Dubs, and Amari Rogers at wide receiver. Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, and Tyler Goodson at quarterback and running back, respectively. Offensive line is left tackle Cole Van Lannon, left guard Michael Minette, center Cole Schneider, right guard Sean Ryan, right tackle Zach Tom. And then tight ends Josiah Deguara and Josiah Deguara and Dominique Daphne, uh, and then third team backups uh, wide receivers are Malik Taylor, Danny Davis, Osiris Mitchell, uh, Samari Toure, Ishmael Hyman, and then running backs Patrick Taylor, B.J. Baylor. Uh, that third string is kind of mixed up, so I'm just making sure I didn't miss any running backs. Doesn't look like it. Uh, offensive line is Ty Clary. George Moore, Caleb Jones. Uh, tight ends are Tyler Davis, Elise Mack, and Sal Canella. And then quarterback is Danny Edling. So before we move on to the defense, what were some names that stuck out to you as I was reading that off? Uh, I think it was, I think, very very first, right? I see Romeo Dubs already listed as wide receiver, too. You know, speaks volumes is what we've already known uh, or been seen, I should say, at training camp. I think that Royce Newman at right tackle is dot 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 a choice uh we'll see we'll see how long that lasts uh yeah and then you know it's like we like we're gonna mention multiple times this is very the initial one like we're not seeing guys like mason crosby we're not seeing guys like robert tanyan on here we're not seeing christian watson because they're injured so they're not technically on the depth chart right now so that's why you didn't hear the hear their names um but i i think that that you you don't get much from the initial depth chart but you do get a little bit, and the little bit that you got is, hey, I think Sammy Watkins is going to make the roster. He's he's already listed as wide receiver. I mean, he's wide receiver one basically. He's he's, he's opposite of Alan Lazard, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's you know Romeo Dubs getting the number two spot. I think that Sean Ryan and both both Sean Ryan and Zach Tom being on on second or backup uh, offensive line shows that they're going to be fighting for a, a starting position. Um, and that's really that's like the biggest takeaways from the offense. Nothing nothing too crazy jumps out at you. Yeah, and and like you said, I think that it's important to remember that this is the first unofficial depth chart, right? It's not anything decisive or 
uh, conclusive on how the Packers are going to look in 2022. Um, one, one thing that sticks out to me, right, Zach Tom has been pretty much every day rotating in with the ones either at left tackle or right tackle. And so, you know, seeing him at second team, you know, there's only so much weight that you can put in that. I think it's just a way of the for the Packers to organize it a little bit. I, I doubt that, that a lot of that will stay static. Um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me, though, uh, just looking at that, Juwan Winfrey is listed as one of the second team wide receivers, whereas Samari Toure is listed as one of the third team. You know, we just kind of talked about the battle between those two. It seems like they have the edge on the other wide receivers. So maybe it'll be interesting to see, you know, in the next unofficial depth chart or official depth chart or however they choose to do it, who's up kind of as that as a second tier wide receiver. And then another thing was Tyler Goodson at a running back three, essentially, right? He was the second, he was the other second team running back besides AJ Dillon. I find that really, really interesting. I mean, I think part of it is due to injury. Kylan Hill is out on, on pup, just like some of those other guys we were talking about. Um, but still Tyler Goodson is, is running back three. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it, it, it like, like we said, we, the, we're not going to get a lot from this, this depth chart. However, we'll yeah. get a little bit and him getting, him getting that wide receiver, or excuse me, that running back three nod, uh, you know, it kind of speaks to, to the work that he's been putting in. Um, and, and if this, like we always say, if the season ended today, if the season started today, um, you know, he would he would probably get that nod to be you know, special teamer slash running back three, and uh, you know, kind of puts kind of gives you the idea that it's, it's it's his job to lose right as of right now. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving moving on to uh, the defense here. Um, first team, or sorry, did you have any other thoughts about the offense? No, that was it. Okay, sounds good. So the defense starting defensive line, you've got Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, and Jaron Reed at defensive tackle. Outside linebackers, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And then inside linebackers, Devondre Campbell and Quiet Walker. Corners are Jair and Eric Stokes. Safeties are Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. So obviously, they're just including two cornerbacks uh, on the depth chart structure. Basically a base 3-4. So uh, again, that's something to keep in mind as we read these off. Second team defense, we got Jack Heflin, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt at defensive line. Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey uh, at the uh, at one of the outside linebacker spots, and then uh, Tipa Nali at the other outside linebacker spot. Uh, at inside linebacker, you've got Chris Barnes and Isaiah McDuffie. At the second team corners, you've got Rasul Douglas, Gabian Ento, Shamar Jean Charles, and then safety, you've got Innes Gaines and Vernon Scott. Third team, uh, defensive lineman, you've got Akil Byers, Jonathan Ford, Chris Slayton. Um, and then outside linebacker, you've got Kingsley and Igbari, Chauncey Manak, uh, Ladarius Hamilton, Kobe Jones. Inside linebacker, Ty Summers, Ellis Brooks, Ray Wilborn. And then corner, you've got Rico Gafford, Keandre Thomas, Keyshawn Nixon, Dante Vaughn. And then finally, safety, you've got Sean Davis, Tariq Carpenter, and Dallin Lovett. So what were some names that stuck out to you? Uh, yeah, so for the safe, for the defense, so the, there was even less surprises than there were in the offense for me anyways. I think the two biggest takeaways that, I, that I'm that i going to um, take from this one is is Quay Walker being listed as inside linebacker one yeah. next to Devonder Campbell is 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 what you want to see. That's what you're you're hoping for as, you know, the first draft pick in the uh, – 
in the 2022 draft. And then we talked about it earlier, but seeing Vernon Scott and Ennis Gaines both as that as that second uh, second safety behind Amos and Savage, it's it's a fight it's a fight right now between those two to try and get that third safety spot. And Sean Davis is back with the the backups on this initial one, so we kind of got an idea of who who's taking the lead as far as uh, who's going to back up Amos or Savage so far. Um, it's a long way from being over, but that, those are kind of the two main things I saw from from the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree that the Quay Walker is kind of the big takeaway. Um, a couple others that stuck out to me, Jonathan Garvin and Randy Ramsey as the backup outside linebackers. Uh, T. Benali is in there too. Um, I just find that interesting because they haven't always – I mean, Ramsey, he's basically just coming back from injury. So I, I wonder if their second team designation is just kind of neutral. Like we don't know if you're going to be good or bad for us, so we're just put, kind of putting you in the middle. Um, but obviously that's something we're going to be watching. Uh, something that's kind of come up with Ennis Gaines, uh, when you mentioned his name, it kind of made me think of it. Uh, since since we've talked about the safeties, news has come out that he actually has been taking snaps at slot corner. He did that at family night. We were able to see that, and he's been doing that a couple other practices as well. So that's another thing to keep an eye on, right? However, a, a player, especially in the back on the back end of the roster, however they can create extra value is going to give them a boost towards securing a roster spot. So that's something to keep an eye on in preseason. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him out there. Uh, in case you're wondering, he's wearing number 38. Uh, Tremont Williams wore number 38. He was he played slot corner for the Packers in his most recent stop with us. So that that's kind of easy to remember, uh, but he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. I think that you hit it around right the head. If you if you can play special teams, defense, and then more than one position on on this on either side of the ball, defense or offense you are going to make the roster and make yourself as, val- as valuable as possible to the team. Yeah, definitely. And then just running over special teams real quick. Um, we've got kicker Gabe Burkich. Uh Now that may sound notable, but remember Mason Crosby is also out with an injury. Uh, punter, we've got Pat O'Donnell. He's also the holder. And then actually, the, so the starting punt returner is Amari Rogers. Behind him are Romeo Dubs, or Romeo Dobbs and Rico Gafford uh, as the third team punt returner. Rico Garford's actually the first team kick returner with Amari Rogers and Romeo Dobbs behind him. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting that he's already kind of in that position as the starting kick returner or some of the Packers like there. Uh, and then just to cover the last couple couple spots, long snapper, first team is Jack Coco, second team is Steven Wordle. Um, did you have any quick thoughts about that, about the special yeah. teams? I, th- I thought it was interesting to see Rico Gafford at that kick return. So I think yeah. the big biggest thing is going to be his speed, right? He's one of the fastest guys on the roster. That speed is what you need for kickoff returns. I am interested to see how getting Kylan Hill back in the mix when it, yeah. when that does happen, how that affects it. Um, and then, you know, Amari Rogers, like, you know, it, I, I'm happy to see him there. We, we invested a third <laughs> round pick on the guy. So, so I'm happy to see him. Yeah. But, I mean, this is like, it's his second season. I'm not gonna say this is make or break for him, but um, but I think he's on thin ice with. with yeah, yeah. With you want to see fans, definitely something, definitely something better than last year, which yeah, not exactly a high bar to clear. The fans, um, especially, but the front <laughs> office for sure. You want to see so you don't want to see any drops, no drops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think that was pretty much everything. Uh, unless you had some other thoughts on any other subjects or news, McQuaid. Uh, no, that was it. Um, very, very excited to see the, this this depth chart change over the next couple of weeks and and how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the first preseason game. It's going to be 49ers and Packers. I believe it's at 
7.30 Lambo time. Um, I think the NFL Network will actually be broadcasting it. Uh, so that's uh, going to be Friday night, I believe. So keep an eye out for that. Obviously, there's a lot of lot of excitement, a lot of position battles that could be going on. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun to watch. I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. And have a great day.